Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to cfact.org. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Travis Thompson of Cast and Blast Florida podcast. Today, we're going to dive deep a little bit more into the situation surrounding the Maine lobster industry. I had held off on attributing any blame to the attacks on the industry to the Biden administration until I saw proof. And it was brought to my attention with inklings a little bit out there from some in the main delegation and a little bit of research of my own. I want to draw the connection to the plight of lobster fishermen in Maine to Biden policies that are discouraging the industry from being able to conduct itself, from being able to fulfill their catch limits. There are some machinations going on there, so I'm going to use this episode to briefly discuss how this administration is actually trying to undermine this industry, much like they are with recreational fishing, hunting opportunities, and the like. It seems really hard to keep track of everything, and it's unfortunately not very good news for true conservation. But let's dive deep into what is actually happening, what policies from the Department of Commerce or other cabinet positions that are impacting the lobster industry for the worst. Ahead of the state dinner with the French president, Emmanuel Macron, there was a tweet that has since gone viral from Maine Congressman Gerard Golden, a moderate Democrat representing that state, who is calling into question his party's leadership in terms of their policies that are regulating the lobster industry out of business. And he tweeted on November 30th, ahead of 200 live lobsters that were shipped from Maine to the White House for the state dinner. And he says, quote, if the Biden White House can prioritize purchasing 200 Maine lobsters for a fancy dinner, POTUS should also take the time to meet with the Maine lobstermen his administration is currently regulating out of business. So I don't think he would casually throw that accusation out there like this and not have any backing to it. And Congressman Golden can be backed up with this claim due to a letter that the Maine delegation sent out to the Biden administration upon learning that there is a proposed rule change to curb the amount of take that lobstermen can have. And I'm going to be referencing a few documents for you. So let's first start with this letter, which is going to highlight this policy. And this was issued on February 24th, 2021, weeks after President Biden took office. And this is from the Maine delegation, including... Jared Golden, Chelly Pingree, Senators Collins and Angus King. So the entire main delegation, bipartisan delegation. And they wrote to the president that we want to bring to your attention a serious issue threatening the main lobster and fishing industries. 
and countless families and coastal communities that depend on them. The National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, is moving forward to meet a court-ordered May 31, 2021 deadline to finalize a new rule and biological opinion to protect the endangered North Atlantic right whale. We've been talking about the whale as an aside for all you listeners in great detail. So there actually is now a connection, and we're going to read on as to that, pointing to undermining the lobster industry besides the seafood watch list from the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Now there's actually regulation behind this. I'll continue. If implemented, these rules may ultimately shut down Maine lobster's fishery by 2030. With the potential closure of the lobster and other fisheries at stake, we write to focus your attention on the outcomes to avoid in the final stages of this regulatory process and to encourage your administration urgent action to address these significant threats to right whales in Canadian waters, as well as from vessel strikes in both Canada and the United States. The letter also writes that Maine's lobster industry is an economic engine for the state, generating approximately $1.4 billion annually and supporting 4,500 livelihoods of lobstermen and thousands of Mainers employed through lobster dealers and seafood processors, vessel and trap manufacturers, restaurants, and other coastal businesses. What is this biological opinion that Jared Golden referred to? I'm going to pull up this document from the NOAA Fisheries, what this is, and I believe this was finalized in May. May 27th, 2021, NOAA Fisheries put out this article about this biological opinion on 10 fishery management plans, including lobstering. The Sustainable Fisheries Division of NOAA Fisheries Greater Atlantic Regional Offices, Fisheries Offices, has completed a formal interest service consultation with the Protected Resources Division on the authorization of fisheries under the authority of the Magnuson-Stevens Fishery Conservation and Management Act and the Atlantic Coastal Fisheries Cooperative Management Act and on the implementation of the New England Fisheries Management Council's Omnibus Essential Fish Habitat Amendment 2. So the fisheries that they are consulting or going to clamp down on catch, American lobster, Atlantic bluefish, Atlantic deep sea red crab, mackerel squid, butterfish, monkfish, multi-species in the Northeast, multi-species, the Northeast skate complex, spiny dogfish, summer flounder scup, black bass, and the Jonah crab. So let's go to the section about the American lobster. So they have a description about it, and they talk about the economic benefits to the industry, And you can read exactly what that entails. But let's go to this whole litigation. And this is under the Sea Grant document and others. So here's what they want to do. This was issued June 2021, Understanding the North Atlantic Right Whale Litigation. This specifically, this document, goes into detail about how much reduction in catch needs to take place to quote-unquote protect the North Atlantic Right Whale, which is endangered. And this was put out by Sea Grant by the University of Rhode Island. This guide is a product of the Marine Affairs Institute at Roger Williams University School of Law and Rhode Island Sea Grant Legal Program, produced in partnership with Maine Sea Grant and others. And they say that the North Atlantic right whale is critically endangered with a population of fewer than 400 individuals. Federal laws like the Endangered Species Act and Marine Mammal Protection Act protect the whale and require the government to consider and avoiding to harm the species before taking actions that may affect them. They talk about entanglement with fishing gear. Among the most common ways the right whales are harmed. Disagreement about the effectiveness of these measures has recently resulted in challenges to the legality of the American lobster, Jonah crab, gillnet, and other fisheries off New England. 
they say these fisheries occur in waters between three and 200 nautical miles from shore. I'm opening up the biological opinion further, and this was released on July 29th, 2021. Prior to discussing the biological opinion, I had alluded to the letter from Congressman Golden and the Maine delegation. They said that these recommendations of the biological opinion to protect the North Atlantic right whale would come with a 98% decrease in catch. It calls for a 98% risk reduction from the lobster industry fishery by 2030. Now I'm going to try to back up this claim from Congressman Golden. And they do list this in the biological opinion as well. Let's read the conservation framework. So they have a 10-year plan to reduce the risk catch. And they say their conservation framework actions include the current rulemaking and anticipates three additional rulemakings over the next 10 years. We will conduct evaluations at defined periods and adapt the conservation framework as appropriate. At year five, we will comprehensively evaluate whether and what to extend the fourth and final rulemaking needs to be implemented. So they say that they hope to uh, reduce risk reduction of crabs and lobster by 60% in 2023. And then by 2030 in phase four, they say they hope to reduce 87%. And I'm trying to figure out where the 98% came from. All right, I'm looking on the final rule on this that was issued September 2021. And it says the down in the federal registrar on the taking of marine mammals incidental to commercial fishing operations with respect to the right whale, the percentage of vertical lines proposed to be reduced 60% up to 98% in the biological opinion was not derived based on any scientific findings. Interesting. And let's see where else this 98% figure came from. So that's from the rule pertaining to the main lobster fishery that I found. And I was looking through the biological opinion. Maybe I'm not reading it correctly, aside from the letter. But if this is in this final rule is saying up to 98%, I'm going to take the Biden administration at their word for this. So I also alluded to what the actual threat to the right whale is. It's obviously not lobstermen. It's not fishing vessels. A threat they're inconveniently excluding from discussion is offshore wind. Bloomberg did a great, great article discussing how offshore wind farms on a grander scale can actually pose a huge problem to this endangered species. And I'm going to read for you briefly what that article entails. So, Bloomberg is obviously not a conservative website. It's fairly good, I would say, on some of their reporting. And I was very impressed that they were able to obtain a FOIA request on this subject because very few in media have questioned the potential harm that can be incurred by offshore wind because a lot of people, fellow natural resources reporters, unfortunately, are peddling for the offshore wind energy industry. They probably get some payout. They're not fully disclosing that. Um, or they are personally in favor of it, so they don't want to put out any reporting that could question the viability and so-called conservation value of these. And so since it's behind a paywall, I'm going to read for you what this is. A warning from a top national 
Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration official obtained by Bloomberg under a Freedom of Information Act request underscores the potential legal and environmental perils of offshore wind development along the coast. And of course, as you guys know, President Biden has a goal of deploying 30 gigawatts of offshore wind within the decade. Both initial construction of wind projects and decades of expected operation threaten to imperil right whales in southern New England waters, said Sean Hayes, the chief of the Protected Species Branch of NOAA's National Northeast Fisheries Science Center, according to a May 13th letter dated to Interior Department officials. The department is weighing at least 10 proposals to install wind turbines in shallow Atlantic waters, projects that are supposedly key to fulfilling Biden's 2030 goal. Hayes said in his letter, quote, additional noise, vessel traffic and habit modifications due to offshore wind development will likely cause added stress that could result in additional population consequences to a species that is already experiencing rapid decline. And as you well know, there are 350 North Atlantic right whales left down from a high of 478 in 2011. Remember, these whales have the strictest conservation protections afforded to them, the Endangered Species Act protections and also the Marine Mammal life protection as well. So why are their populations decreasing even with all these added protections on the whale? Is it a lack of successfully implementing this? Is it displacing industries that are compliant with the right whale out of the space so they can't help with conservation efforts? What's going on here? These are the questions we have to be posing to the Biden administration. I wish natural resources reporters, aside from this Bloomberg reporter, would pose the same question. And then continuing here, Hayes urged the Department of Interior's Bureau of Ocean Energy Management to consider a buffer zone around one area of particularly acute risk, the Nantucket Shoals near Massachusetts. That could affect a lease, at least four offshore wind leases, including the Mayfair Wind Venture and others. And actually, a few main offshore wind farms are stalled currently because of different risks, even including impact, potential impact on the right whale um, it is not clear how Interior Department officials responded to Hayes' warning, though its Ocean Bureau is consulting with NOAA and other agencies as it scrutinizes the environmental consequences of proposed projects. And Bloomberg reports the Bureau representatives did not immediately comment on the matter. So good on Bloomberg for shedding a light on what I think is the true threat to right whales. Again, why aren't endangered, threatened, and marine mammal life protection working how come the species is not improving? Those laws are meant to prevent these species from going to extinction. However, executors of that policy, people who are deployed to protect the whale and, and you know conduct the rulemaking here, why are their solutions not helping to lead to the proliferation of these whales? Why are they declining? We've often seen this kind of disconnect with more protections and the less likelihood of species recovering under Democratic administrations, unfortunately, because they're at the behest of groups like Center for Biological Diversity, NRDC, and other preservationists, they love to keep species in perpetual protection without any recovery in sight. I've done some scholarship on this. I've investigated this. And it's really mind-boggling when you only hear that 3% of listed species are ever successfully recovered. For these special interest groups, it's a moneymaker to say that we're helping to help this endangered animal and they're perpetually on this list and they're perpetually endangered. And this undermines conservation policy. It undermines these two laws that I mentioned, and they're not working to their fullest extent. So we have to question what they're doing here, why the laws are not being executed properly and implemented properly, and we're not seeing improved 
population numbers of these whales, but they would rather displace fishermen, lobstermen, and others and stop traffic and transportation routes in New England where people commute by boat to go to different islands, to go to work, what have you, and to also restrict fishing access on much of the Atlantic coast, you know, through a proposed Commerce Department rule. And so that's a little bit scratching the surface of there being an actual threat by the Biden administration that is a war that is being wielded by them on this industry. And they're not just the only industry. There are 10 other fishery, 10 total fisheries, including the American lobster fishery, that are going to be impacted by this biological opinion from NOAA Fisheries and also the National Marine Fisheries Service. Both of those fall under the purview of Department of Commerce. I hope that was a great overview. Look to the show notes if you need a greater understanding. I will have a comprehensive article at Town Hall this Friday laying this out there, explaining what the implications are and why scapegoating conservation stakeholders does nothing to help the whale and only makes everyone worse off, the stakeholders and the whales a lot worse off. So let me know what you think about that. And if this offers some clarity to what is happening, this goes beyond Whole Foods, this goes beyond the seafood watch list. We are seeing regulation and rulemaking that will displace people 4,500 people directly and indirectly in the lobster industry from the workforce if this 98% reduction rule is upheld and not challenged in court. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms we want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.